0: It's episode 46, you guys. I'm Sarah Steckler. I'm your host. This is the Mindful Productivity Podcast. And today, I want to talk about the importance of having a wake-up call and why you don't need to have a near-death experience in order to have one and how to give yourself the wake-up call that you really need so that you actually start taking action in your life. Welcome to the Mindful Productivity Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Steckler, and this is the place to be to live a more mindful and productive life. If you're ready to turn daily chaos into calm and start your days with intention, then get ready to join me as we dive deep into mindful living and personal productivity. It's time to connect with your true self so you can live the life you want to live. And it all starts now. real talk time. I was sitting on my couch moments ago before I started recording this podcast now thinking about what on earth I wanted to talk about because I'm still working on figuring out how to do this whole content thing, how to make sure that I'm on top of the podcast every week. And sometimes I really struggle with coming up with ideas. And as I'm sitting on the couch, I'm eating really fast. I made myself some potatoes. I had like a bit of spinach underneath it and some other goodness. And I'm eating it. I'm eating it fast. I'm choking it down because I'm like, I got things to do. I have places to be. I've got a client call soon. I need to get going. So I'm eating fast definitely not mindfully at all. I'm sitting on the couch. My bulldog Bella's in my lap. I'm looking at my phone. I am. I'm my brain is like in 18 different places. And all of a sudden I swallow one of my last bite bites and a piece of spinach, like a full on piece of spinach that was not even chewed because that's how fast I was eating, got lodged in my throat now it wasn't choking me right i don't know if you could choke on a piece of spinach but there was part of the flap that was kind of like over my throat and i found it was hard to breathe and i like started coughing like uncontrollably coughing to the point of feeling scared feeling fearful i didn't think i was gonna die Part of me was like, oh, my God, what is happening right now? Bella even turned around and looked incredibly concerned. Like normally I do weird things and she just continues sleeping because she's a bulldog. But the way she was looking at me actually got me concerned for my well-being. And this went on for about 35, 40 seconds, like just couldn't get this piece of spinach out of my throat. Finally, it got dislodged and I'm good. But I was sitting there thinking as this was happening, oh, my God. What if this was an actual like potato, or what if this was a piece of food that could have actually been choking me? What if I actually choked to death? What if this was my last breath? I know it sounds a little dramatic, right? But it got me thinking. Wow. And after after I you know came to, if you will, and was sitting there, I started thinking, what if this was my last day here? What if that was it? And I realized that. The past couple months, I have not been living the life I really want to live, like daily. I have not been putting my nutrition first. I have not been making movement a priority. I've been working my tush off, getting ready for my husband to come visit, all these things, but I haven't really been doing the work that I need to do to live my best life. And I think it's important that sometimes we have these moments where we really consider what it would be like if today was our last day. I know it sounds a little bit morbid, a little bit different, but if we never take time to realize that life is fleeting, life will end, right? Nobody's getting out alive. If we realize that, that can kind of bring us back to what we really need to do. What, what, really, what kind of life do we really want to live? And sometimes we get so caught up in the big picture moments, in, in the bigger things in life, in the big societal milestones, that we forget about the importance of the daily stuff, the the intentional stuff, the moments we're in right now, day to day. Because your life is right now. It's this moment, these moments. You can't live in the future. You can plan. You can't go in the past. You can be nostalgic. You can reminisce. But right now is your life. And if you're not taking full advantage of these moments right now, then chances are you're not going to take full advantage of the moments moments from now either. So it's really important to come back. And today's episode is just kind of about embracing the reminders, the reminders of what it means to give yourself a wake-up call, what it means to get back to self-discipline, how that is part of self-love, how self-discipline fuels consistency, right? In last episode, we talked about simplicity and how being consistent can fuel that as well. But when you really take a moment to really think, kind of black and white, what am I doing right now in my life? It might just help you really reassess what's most important and really get clear on your big time priorities, those daily micro tasks. Those are the big ones. So I actually had another experience. I've had a couple different experiences. I I personally wouldn't call them NDEs, near-death experiences, but uh, there have been different experiences in my life that have called me out to think about what's going on. And if you have had a near-death experience, it's a fascinating topic. I'd love to hear from you. Um, I'd love to hear what happened for you, what it was like. But I know a lot of people have these experiences, and they come back different. They come back maybe awakened, maybe with new insights. And I don't always think we have to always have them in order to feel that way though, right? It's kind of like, you know that moment when uh, like you're walking down the street and you trip and you almost fall but you catch yourself and it's that moment of pure panic and then oh my gosh, pure relief. I didn't fall. Wow, that could have been awful. I could have like broken a leg <laughs> or tripping, but I didn't. It's those moments of <gasps> that we remember what's important. It's those moments where we go, "Oh my gosh, I'm so relieved that didn't happen." One of these moments for me was when I was little. I think I was about three or four, and we were at the beach, it was with my family, with my parents. My brother was like a baby at that time, I think, or very, very little. And I went running off after my dad. He was walking into the the Puget Sound and I followed him. And he didn't know I was right behind him. And my dad, he was pretty tall, he was about six, one, six, two. I think. And I'm three or four. So I am not very tall. And so obviously, he can stand in water that's a lot higher. And he went walking out into the water. And I followed him. And before I knew it, there was a little drop on the in the like the the floor of where the water was. And I fell underneath the water. And I remember this vividly. I remember falling. I remember my arms raising up. I remember all the bubbles, all the bubbles. And I remember gasping for air and swallowing this like sharp seawater. And I remember reaching my arms up and in my little three, four year old head, just feeling complete confusion and fear. Moments later, my dad reached down and he grabbed my arm and he pulled me up out of the water and I began crying. And from there, I remember just being on the beach, my mom being upset with my dad for not seeing me and him trying to console her. And at the same time, me shivering, being scared, being wrapped up in a blanket. I didn't have the cognition at that point in my life to look back on those three or four years and and think, oh, my God, what has my life been? What's my life purpose? Am I ever going to get married? Will I have kids? What have I done? Do I feel successful? No, I mean, I'm three or four. But I do remember the fear of feeling like this might end. And it's true. Life will end for all, for all of us. There will be a time when life on earth stops. And I don't like to think about it. Nobody likes to think about it. But if we do think about it sometimes, one, we're more likely to be able to handle death better, but two, we're more likely to really embrace the time that we do have here. There was another time when I was driving back up to Bellingham. I I went to school up there at Western Washington University in Washington here. And I was driving and this woman out of nowhere came over. I I think it was in like one of the, uh, there was like five lanes, four lanes. And I was in one of the two right lanes or two left lanes. She comes barreling over and like sweeps right in front of me. She was changing like four lanes at once, didn't see me, came right in front of me. And so I yanked my wheel to the left. And then to overcorrect myself, I yanked it to the right. If you've done this before, if you're a skilled driver, you know that if you do this really fast, by the time that you turn your wheel back to the right, it's still midair. So I actually, the car went to the left really fast. And I went up on my two left wheels. My car was up on the side. And when I landed back down, my wheel was turned to the right. So what did that do? It threw my car the opposite direction back up all the way both two right wheels. Before I knew it, I was moments from like turning my car upside down. And I realized in that split second, I don't know how I knew that if I didn't carefully turn my wheel a little bit, instead of yanking it back to the left again, I could roll my vehicle. It was really scary. These are moments that last moment, like seconds, moments, so fast. I thought I was going to roll over in my car. And it was in that moment that everything else stopped. I remember on my way back up to Bellingham. I think I was mad about something. I was mad at a boyfriend I was dating, or I was mad something wasn't going my way. I was feeling really like on edge. But after that moment happened, none of that mattered anymore. In fact, I'm pretty sure I broke down in tears. Had to pull over at the next exit, just pull into a gas station and kind of just sit there in the parking lot and kind of gather myself because it was a lot. Things can happen to us that serve as powerful reminders about what's really important. When I lost my dad when I was 23, I had a lot of people complaining about other things in life as, you know, people can I remember specifically, I had one friend making a big complaint about her current iPhone at the time or how she couldn't upgrade it or how something wasn't working on it. And I remember sitting to myself and thinking, wow, I wish that was the only thing I had to complain about right now. And even though part of me was very angry that I was thinking, how dare she complain about something like that when I just lost my dad, I realized that that's what she was dealing with at her point, her her time in life right then, right? And you know, we can talk about privilege and all that too. There's an episode all about that. But sometimes when sudden things happen, when things happen that jolt us awake, we realize we come back to what really matters the most. And that's an important thing. And so today, I'm just going to continue to tell you a couple stories and give you that reminder to come back to yourself, to really think about what matters most to you. If you were sitting in your living room tonight and you noticed, I hope this doesn't ever happen to you, but you noticed that you were suddenly having trouble breathing or choking on something you were eating, you might too feel that like enormous sense of fear and confusion of what the hell is happening and oh my gosh, what am I doing with my life? When I was 18, my dad had a heart attack. One of two, maybe three. I can't remember. But he had his first heart attack. And I remember being very scared. I remember going to visit him. And I also remember a feeling of hope, of wow, he just had a heart attack. Maybe this means he'll start taking care of himself. Maybe this means he'll change his diet and stop eating only red meat and chocolate ice cream because that's all he ate. I'm not kidding. Maybe this means he'll start exercising. Maybe this means he'll stop drinking. Clearly, if someone has a heart attack and their life is threatened and they have to be airlifted, you know, on a $8,000 helicopter ride, clearly, surely, that's going to mean that their life is going to change and turn around, right? So I remember visiting him and feeling so upset, but at the same time, feeling excited. Ah, it's like a big exhale. Maybe this means everything is going to change for the better now. Maybe this means I can finally have the relationship with my father that I've always wanted to have, that's been hard to have, that's been masked by drinking, by alcoholism. But to my huge disappointment, not much changed. He went on continuing to eat the diet he's he's always ate and he continued to drink. I don't say this to shame my dad. Some people may say that it's a little uh, not fair to talk about him and his experience since he's not here. But I'm saving and reserving a lot of details. And I'm hoping that this story will help people. We think that everything will be okay by not changing until it isn't. And one thing I want you to ask yourself as you listen to this podcast today is if your life never changed from the day to day, if you always felt the way that you feel, maybe you feel great. Maybe you don't need a wake up call right now. That's completely possible. And I hope that is the case. But if you're feeling a little, uh, in fact, I mean, if you're listening to this episode, you're probably feeling called to listen to it. You're probably thinking, wake up call. Ooh, I know what that means for me. But maybe there's a reason why you're not taking action yet. And here's the thing, too. We, we know what we need to do. It's not a matter of clarity. Sometimes I work with clients and we have these huge aha moments and they go, oh, my gosh, I had no idea that that's what I needed to do. And then we work on them doing it. But most of the time when I have clients come to me and we work together one on one, it's not a lack of an awareness. They know. In fact, most people, when I do consult calls, they know exactly what they need to do they tell me, Sarah, this is what I need to do. And they go, and there's usually a big pause and they go, I just don't know why I'm not doing it. I just don't know what it's going to take for me to do it. And most of the time, coaching is like one of the last resorts. If I'm not doing it, maybe I need someone to help me be accountable to do it. And we do it. We make it happen. And it doesn't always have to like be that way, right? There's, all, there's tons of ways that you can hold yourself accountable and do things. But you know what you need to do. But there's a reason that you're not doing it. There's comfort and discomfort. There's normalcy in what's going on for you now. Even if it's painful. Even if it's excruciating. Even if it's ruining your energy and making you feel tired and resentful and burnt out. There's still something about that experience that is helpful to you. There's still something about that experience that, that, that's a benefit. There's still something about how you feel every day, even if it's uncomfortable, that feels like, hmm, I feel kind of like maybe I'm home. Eh, right? We get complacent. We get complacent in the things we're doing, the habits, the routines that we start doing. They become habits and routines because they become normal. And one of the biggest reasons why we don't Take action and make change is because when we first take action on things, it requires a lot more mental energy. It can make us feel tired. It can feel hard because we're bringing awareness to something so small that we never had to do before. And we usually have to do that multiple times per day. Just like me now, working on really cutting out sugar from my life, I'm realizing that if I'm really going to do it for a while, there's a lot of habits in place. I've been saying yes to candy for a while now. I've been saying yes to cake, yes to this, yes to a candy bar at the store. It's going to take a habit shift for me to start saying no. For me to start thinking about what I'm mindfully fueling my body with. And I've done this before. I know I can do it. I know what I need to do. It's not a, a lack of knowledge. When you think about what you need to do, when I say wake up call, what does that mean for you? sit with it for a minute. Like, really think about it. Like, if you're walking right now, if you're on a walk outside, pause. Stop for a minute. Look around you. Look up. Look up to the sky. Take a deep breath in. What does it really mean to change your life? What is the one thing every day that you're doing or not doing that could really start to change it all? Because I'll tell you, that's where it starts. It starts with the one thing, the one little micro thing. That's the one thing you need to shift. Once you shift that and that becomes a habit, guess what? There's another new thing that you can shift. That will become a habit. Before you know it, you'll be building on yourself. You'll be a completely different person. We also get scared of change because it means that it might affect other people. It means that we might have to really be honest with our personal boundaries We might really have to tell other people no. We might have to disappoint ourselves because we're not living up to an unrealistic expectation. Do it anyway. Challenge yourself. I recently, over the summer, went to visit my aunt and my uncle. I haven't seen them in a long time. And it was such a lovely visit. I got to bring my bulldog Bella. And one thing I love about visiting my aunt is that no matter how many times they've moved they've moved quite a few times and i've been to their every single house since i was little no matter how many times they move her house always feels so cozy she has all these plants that are still alive like that's amazing these beautiful pieces of art and every time i visit her it always feels like i'm in the exact same place like nothing has really changed even though it can be a completely different location and a completely different house there's something about what she does to a place that brings her presence to it and it's so lovely to be there and when I was visiting I laughed because I went out and I got us all Chipotle they'd never had it before it was really fun and I was like going on and on about the guacamole and how they have to have this and that and we had such a fun time and it was fun to see them enjoy it and try something new and I was laughing because at 4 p.m sharp and at 5 p.m we watched Jeopardy and then we watched Wheel of Fortune And that is something that they have done every single night since like the beginning of time, since I I can remember. I remember being like seven years old and going over there and taking a bath and then like putting on a huge oversized t-shirt and snuggling up on the couch and watching Jeopardy with them. And they're still doing that to this day. And I share this story because their life in that way, their evenings, it's never changed. They still have the same routine. And that can be a good thing, right? That's something they love doing. Nothing wrong with that. But if you think about your life now, what you're doing every day, if you don't change it, that's going to be your every day well until the end of your life. What you're doing right now, what you're feeling right now, how you're feeling, the action or inaction you're taking, that will continue on unless you shift. You have to actually make the change. You have to actually take the action. Otherwise, you may hit 75 and still be living the same exact life you're living now. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad thing, but it's something to think about. There are a lot of things that are going to change in our life, but how you speak to yourself, how you take care of yourself, how much water you drink, Making sure that you are getting enough sleep, making sure that you are moving your body as your body changes and adapts, as your lifestyle changes, adapts and adapts as your schedule does, making sure that you keep all those core things a part of your life is vital to making sure you feel how you want to feel throughout your life. There's an amazing book. I'm listening. I'm listening to it again, this time on Audible. Well, I should say I read it first, and so now I'm listening to it. It's by Dr. Greger. It's called How Not to Die. Dr. Greger's amazing, by the way. Highly recommend checking out his site, nutritionfacts.org. Him and his team go through thousands of studies all the time. There's a new video released every day about the science behind different foods and nutrition. It's fascinating. It's really inspiring. It gets me to eat healthy. But in his book, How Not to Die, which is really a really good read, he's really fun to listen to, too. He makes these subtle jokes about science stuff that if you're a nerd, you'll you'll laugh at like I do. But in the beginning of his story, and I'll only tell you a piece of it because it's worth listening to, he talks about what inspired him to become a doctor, what inspired him to continue to do nutrition research, and why he now fills the gap. Because in the medical community, often nutrition is overlooked, or it's not something that's one of the main things that is studied or looked at. He talks about his grandmother, and how at the time, when he was little, there was a moment, a time, when she was diagnosed with something and she was given about three weeks to live. She decided to go see a doctor, Dr. Pritikin at the time, who was kind of revolutionary in his take on nutrition and how he believed that food really was medicine. And she was able to go into that. And she came out, was wheeled in. and When she came out, she walked out. And she ended up living 30 more years. She had a wake-up call. She knew that she was dying. And that if she didn't make a change, if she didn't even try something, she might actually die. Sometimes, unfortunately, people are met with the, the reality that their life is ending, shorter than it should. And sometimes there's nothing that can be done. What I hope for you and this podcast today is that it doesn't take the fear of death. It doesn't take a near-death experience. It doesn't take almost choking on a piece of spinach in your living room to realize that you need to make a change. You can decide today to make a change in your life. It can be something small and it should be because small is realistic and you can do it. Whether it means Making nutrition a priority in your life, getting movement, making sure that you're meditating, sleeping enough, putting your mental health first, saying no, getting out of a toxic relationship, whatever it is, you can do it and you're not alone. And if you need help and support, please reach out and get it. Whether that's a therapist or a counselor, whether it's a friend or an accountability buddy, whether it's a coach, whether it's a forum or a support group online, getting help is so important. I hope this podcast episode today was helpful. I hope that you give yourself the wake-up call you need. And I hope that you take a minute to write down what comes to mind when you hear me say, what's your wake-up call? You don't have to wait for something big to happen to you in in order for you to make something happen for yourself. Have a great week. I will see you next week next Monday. And as always, you can always find more resources by visiting mindfulproductivityblog.com. Talk to you guys soon.